Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Downplace is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer horror, the engaging storytelling and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Um, well, Hammer means how to get a nail into a block of wood. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com Should I have said Hammer Pants? 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films discussion. Listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Well, it takes guts to say no, kid. You got a lot of courage. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 86 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Well, you know, now that I am stationary, now that I'm not going anywhere, it's going pretty good. Long time well, I, no I'll see. i man, I, I had trouble in transit. You couldn't have had that much trouble. I saw you recently, and you were more or less fine. Yeah, that was the transit I'm talking about. Trying to get up to see you, the, the little normal 20-minute drive that I take to the airport here? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Holy crap. No. Highways. Wasn't there a, a hard target search of every outhouse, doghouse? <laughs> Shit house, <laughs> flop house, hen house, whore house, <laughs> the TV show house, all of them. So, yeah. yeah, explain to folks. That's kind of exciting. What exactly happened? Well, what happened was there was some sort of carjacking shootout extravaganza in West Sacramento. The perpetrator fled on the Yolo Causeway and abandoned his car somewhere on the causeway. Whatever he had carjacked, he abandoned it. And the, the local popo couldn't find him. I don't know how you lose a guy 
atop what is essentially like a hundred foot bridge, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a bit bridge. of a drop. Okay, there's no place to go except east, west, or down. So I don't know. That happened. Uh, the cops closed eighty at the causeway in both directions. So everybody who was trying to drive through to around Sacramento had their main highway artery severed and they are all forced to go on this smaller little highway essentially around Sacramento. It was just a giant detour and that small little highway is the one that I needed to go on to get to the airport. Oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, like the first five minutes of that drive for me took 45 minutes of just bumper to bumper stop and, you know everyone on the road has no idea where they're where they are either and it's people are like trying to get off the highway and find a better way around it was just a spectacular clusterfuck the only way i got anywhere close to the airport was i finally managed to squirm my way off the highway and, and took a bunch of farm roads and back roads got to five right near where it crosses the river and, and made it to the airport on time hooray then I hopped right into an elevator, which was broken. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally got to the plane, got up there, saw you at a film festival without incident, thank God. Coming back, hop on the airplane, airplane gets down at the end of the runway, ready to take off, engines ramp up, starts to boogie down the runway, and there's just this big double bang. And I'm not talking about that thing we did in high school. <laughs> Just bang, bang. Each time the plane lurches like a car that slipped out of gear. And the plane just just shuts down. Just pew, everything shuts down except the little ping. <laughs> Be sure your seatbelts are fast and light. <laughs> so plane sort of limped back over to the, uh, to the gate. And the pilot pops out. And he's just pissed. And he goes, I have no idea what that was. Because he's walking out the door. Turns out the engine died, blew up, something <laughs> something to do with the engine. It stopped being an engine and became more of a kit. <laughs> it stopped doing engine-like things. Yeah, the engine stuff was no longer going on <laughs> on the left side of the airplane. Which, if you're preparing to take off or you're initiating your takeoff and you're still on the ground, it's a minor inconvenience. It's really not that big a deal. Dale. What did I just say? Dale. I got all southwest on you. It's not that big a deal. But, like, ten seconds later, had that gone on, that would have been a big problem. Yeah, no kidding. I would like to extend my gratitude to Southwest for the way they handled it. They did great. They put me on a plane. If it's going to break, thank you for putting me on one that's going to break while it's on the ground. <laughs> I thought that was classy. That was. And they, they got us off the plane and then basically told us what they knew. It was like, hey, plane broke. Uh, we'll try to find another plane, hang out here for about half an hour. Sure enough, they got right back on half an hour. Hey, found your plane. It's going to be here in about 45 minutes. If you want to get on it, be here in 45 minutes. And sure enough, another plane showed up. So way to go, Southwest. Then they gave me a free plane ticket for my next time I want to hop on a broke dick Southwest airplane. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Well, it seems like you come up to Seattle once a month, so you might as well have extra free plane tickets in your pocket. Yeah, well, now I can... In theory, get either up there or back. For no, free. just to just to wrap up the story. Once you returned, did you hear anything about the malefactor? Did they catch him? What I heard was, and I didn't pursue the story at all because I'm too pissed at the guy for inconveniencing me. But I I heard that eventually they did find him and he was dead. And oh, wow. you know what? Good riddance. He inconvenienced me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I assume what happened is he went off the Yolo Causeway and. Hit the ground. And that'll do a number on a person. I don't know. Maybe he limped off and died in the weeds or something. <laughs> it happens. It has. All right. Well, uh, since you mentioned the film festival, uh, we can talk about that for just a quick second. Well, now, I, I recognize. I we had a well, I we but had a you pact. brought it up. Talk about the film you brought it up. So days. now it's out there. It's out there. So oh, we did, of course, have our film festival, but we recognize that we've been bending your ear pretty hard on the whole festival thing. And you so if you live, if you happen to live in New Jersey or New Germany or wherever the hell, and you don't really give a shit about the Bone Bat Film Festival, I feel you. So uh, next episode, we're going to have a little bit more of a recap. 
Uh, right now, all I have to say is that uh, we did have a great time. We have some T-shirts left, so if you're interested in picking up a limited edition Bone Bat Film Festival T-shirt, they're only twenty bucks. Uh, you can PayPal me, and I will send it right out. As a matter of fact, we have a little feedback about that very thing from a Mister Doiner, and here it is. Bone Bat, Bone Hand, how do you do? It is I, the masterful calling you. Today, I checked the mail and received my Boneback Comedy of Horrors t-shirt and care package. I would like to thank both of you, Stephen Gord, for sending me the t-shirt and all the little extra goodies, the posters, the oversized chocolate bar, the little booklets, you name it, it was great. Thanks, appreciate everything, keep up the massive work. Have a good one. Massive. And there we are, Mr. Doiner. You are very welcome. We are glad to serve. I sent him a goodie bag and a bunch of good stuff. As you had mentioned, Gord, we always tried to give our listeners and our attendees a little more than they think they're going to get from us. We always, it doesn't matter what venture we're involved in, we tried to give you a little more. If Steve was, let's say, for the sake of argument, a prostitute, <laughs> he would give you a reach around. Just he just he'd give you a reach around. He'd just throw it in. Yeah, no I, out of the goodness of my hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? We should talk a little bit about the music we've got this episode. Oh, you know we should talk about the music we got this episode. It is the mighty No Means No, all one word. No means no from Canada. You are actually doing the heavy lifting when it comes to the music this episode. I'm going to enjoy I, this. Yes, I guess I, I am. Uh, normally, we'd be talking about Norwegian blackish brown metal and and the differences between that and the brownish black Scandinavian metal. But now we're doing no means no. We're doing some some punk rock from my uh, from my ill spent youth. I'm nice. looking forward to it. And I am as well. Heavy on the rhythm section. This band is cool. All right. So you uh, want to discuss what pisses us off? You know. I do want to discuss what pisses us off. Because I want to discuss specifically what pisses me off. As you might recall, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, I had an incident where my grill stopped being a grill (laughs) so much and became more of a fire pit. Yes. So I had to buy a new grill because I grill a lot. Summertime, I'm cooking outdoors. So here's the thing. I wanted to buy a grill made in the United States. I didn't want to buy something made in China. And if that's the case, you're basically limited to two options. Weber grills, which if you get a gas Weber grill, that cost about $11 billion each. They're made out of like platinum and, and hummingbird or something. Or Huntington grill, which is still not cheap. It's a lot more than the imports, but it's not anywhere close to Weber prices. So I got a Huntington grill. Some assembly was required. Listen to me, Huntington people. Your instructions suck. The instructions are all pictures, so I didn't stumble over any big words. But they're not always pictures of the same thing that came in the box. (laughs) They're like uh, approximations. So it's a little difficult to figure out what they're getting at. And some of the, the order in which they tell you to put things together works great as long as you don't want to, you know, use the grill afterwards. You've got to kind of look through the instructions then figure out the right way to do it because if you do it their way it ain't gonna work it was just jacked and i'm a fairly handy person i could put stuff together and take stuff apart but it took me two entire afternoons to get this drilled together and some of the parts are missing it didn't have all the washers it was supposed to come up with (laughs) some of the parts are just they ain't quite right. There's like these pre-drilled brass things the screws are supposed to go into, and and some of them like wouldn't actually accommodate the screw, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> it was it was like one great big my big dick is so big joke putting this grill together. The biggest problem, the biggest clusterfuck of this whole grill though, was the main big grill handle that you grab and you know lift up the lid, close the lid, big old handle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. The handle, which is supposed to have these two end caps on it that you screw onto the grill, it has the handle in one part of the box, and it has the end caps already screwed onto the grill. They're not connected. 
I can tell by looking at them that they were connected at one point, but at some point in the factory, they must have like separated them, put them in different bags or something. So I actually had to like solder the whole thing back together in order to assemble it. It was pretty fucked. <laughs> so if you're going to buy a Huntington grill, some assembly is required. You're going to need a blowtorch, yeah, some solder, some flux, some tools, and you're going to need some common sense because if you follow the directions, you will not have a functional grill. I think that's pretty standard these days with these like pictographic instructions. Because not even on the same scale, but uh, my son, we had to build a rocket for him to do uh, the Cub Scout rocket launch. And we were messing around with this rocket that we got. And it's like, okay, step A, take hold of the fins in your left hand. Step B, feed the parachute rubber band through the fins and up the shaft of the rocket. (laughs) Step C, enjoy your completed rocket. What? (laughs) What in the hell are you talking about? That this is not a completed rocket. So yeah, I think that's pretty standard. I think what the factory folks ought to do is they ought to just randomly select someone off the street, and chloroform them, drag them into the factory, and when they wake up, they're in a in a locked room with nothing but the grill still in its box in its unassembled state, like a whole shitload of tools and the instructions, and they should just. Come on, the, the big threatening loudspeaker, and say, "When you have assembled the grill, you may leave." And they should watch and take notes of what a messed up process this this is. Because you know it's going to be a motivated person. Instead, though, the guy's going to be like hammering on the button. Did I kill anyone? Did I? Right. Can I go? You dick bags refuse to build the grill. Look, if you're going to reference films that were shown at the film festival, that counts as talking about the film. They're festival. on the fucking internet, man. Okay. Just saying. So what about you? What pisses you off? You know, I got today. Uh, Julie and I, my wife, we went out and grabbed a quick lunch, which we rarely do, and we went to a place that I—it's I, a burger place that there's a Seattle arm of it, and then t- there's also a newly opened Bellevue branch, and it's called Lunchbox Laboratory. And the the idea of it is that they do a lot of kind of fancier versions of comfort food that you've had. As kids, you know, so that when they do a bacon burger, but it's like an inch of bacon. It's just like over the top. And so I, we went in there today and I ordered one of their burgers. It was called a tearjerker and it had like jalapenos on it and habanero mayonnaise and it just a bunch of different spicy stuff on it, chilies and whatnot. And yeah. It was an enjoyable burger, but the thing cost 15 bucks. Holy shit. And it was a tiny ass burger. It wasn't very big. It's tall, but it's not really big in diameter, and it came with, like, a little cup of fries. And I'm walking out of there, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm kind of still a little bit hungry. And for 15 bucks for a burger, I should not be hungry. No, that should include half of a cow. That pisses me off. Yeah, it's like the street value of, what, six Big Macs? Right. And so for that price, I should be expecting to be full. That's all I'm saying. You come so, in Davis. You go to Red Room Burger... And you spend 15 bucks, you're going to walk out of there full. You go to Triple X, and you probably will be leaking beef out of your sides for that price. I mean... Is that one of those booths you're seeing like that frequently? I don't know. You keep mentioning this. <laughs> Clearly, something happened while you were up here that was very, very influential on you, but I don't Indeed. know whether that is. Anyway, the point is, 15 bucks for a burger and let, without you getting full is bullshit. I'm calling Lunchbox Laboratory out. Seriously, you know what? If you are going to use only the best ingredients and it's Kobe beef and everything else, don't skimp on the fucking fries. Yeah, how expensive are potatoes? Just yeah, ah. throw in enough fries so that your customer will be happy when they walk out of the fucking restaurant. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Boy, we're all about the, the grilled food this time, aren't we? I think we are, yeah. Man, a grilled hamburger would probably piss us off to no end. It might. You got a grilled tune? I do. We're going to listen to one of the first songs I ever heard by No Means No. This song is called Dad off of their Sex Mad release. Hit it.
Once again, that was Dad from the release Sex Mad by No Means No. So, dude, I'm you seriously can... considering leaving home. I love that. <laughs> do you have a political rant this week? I do. I've got a rant, Lynn. Not a big rant. Here's the thing. We ain't got no money in California. The cities, the counties, the state, no money. So what we're doing is we're trying to figure out how to spend less money, the, the government, that is. And what's happening is... Instead of doing it intelligently, instead of making do with what we got, we're doing it really, really asininely because people are still clinging to what they had instead of recognizing what they now have. We need to be more efficient. We need to spend our time and our resources more equitably and more wisely. Case in point, number one, in Sacramento, right across the Yolo Causeway, which you should not jump off of if you're fleeing the police. (laughs) The Sacramento Fire Department or Fire Departments are all in a tissy because there's not enough money for them to continue the way that they have in the past. And you know what? Firefighters are pretty goddamn important. You need people to put out fires, especially if I'm grilling. But <laughs> the sticking point has become the firefighters have a pension. And with a pension or 401k, the way it works is you contribute part, your employer, in this case the city, contributes the other part. They're like matching and then the parts hopefully get interest and when you're old and you retire, you get it back. But the Sacramento firefighters, the part that's contributed by the city gets contributed and the part that's supposed to be contributed by the employee also gets contributed by the city. Which Why, is just, how does that happen? Yeah, because they were able to cut a ridiculous sweet deal some point in the past. That's how the union contract was negotiated, I guess? That's how. Okay. Some palms probably got greased. That's all I'm saying. So now we just don't have the money for that kind of shit to continue. But the options that are being put out there on the table are, well, I guess we're just going to have to fire a bunch of firefighters instead of, oh, I guess we need to stop, like, double dipping here. So we're going to have not enough firefighters, and the ones we have are still getting paid more than they should be getting paid. It's like... Come on, we got to recognize the situation that we're in and act responsibly. Contribute your share and keep enough firefighters to put out the damn fires. Here over across the the causeway in my side of the world, the schools, we don't have enough money. doesn't matter that I live in a place that imposes extra taxes upon its citizens for the schools. We vote for them, we tax ourselves extra. Somehow we still don't have enough. One of the things we're talking about is Oh shit, how are we going to teach the kids everything they need to know? Because we're going to have to make the school year shorter. Here's an idea. Stay with me. Pretty complicated. Every goddamn Wednesday, the teachers cut out of school early. (laughs) Yeah. Why not have a full day of school that day? 
Oh, there's an idea. That way, if you go to a shorter school year, you'll still have enough time to instruct the kids because you're going to do it every goddamn day the same amount, just like they did when you and I were kids, Steve. Yeah. Pisses me off. They need to recognize what they have is probably not what they're going to have and quit clinging to what they had because what's going to happen? They're going to fire a bunch of teachers and we're going to have not enough teachers. We're going to continue to do things in an asinine way rather than become more efficient. And it pisses me off. That's my political rant. I don't have a solution, really. I don't have a finger to point at any one person. Just generally, bleh! <laughs> well, speaking, you you mentioned some, some key words there. Everyone should pay their share. Did you read that uh, Stephen King article that I posted on the Bone Bat page? No, I did not. I started to, that and then was, I got a phone call. That was a really cool article where he was talking about, you know, hey, I'm rich, and I think that you probably ought to tax me more. And yet, big Steve. Yeah, but whenever you know that sort of thing is mentioned by folks, the assholes in power say things like, "Well, send a bigger check then," instead of you know putting a committee in place to actually look at the tax code. Yeah, we got to get Stephen King on the show. Have him do a rant. He'd do it so much better than me. <laughs> well, he, he did. It was funny because I read the the article and I was like, "That sounds like Gord." <laughs> oh, not you. a bad political rant. Good job, Stephen King. Yeah, way to go! I'm reading your new book, even though I said I wouldn't. <laughs> well, you got to give him a little something so he can pay those taxes. Yeah. I tell you, you know, you called me on it. You said that I wasn't going to read any more Stephen King, and it's true. I, I think I said that, but that's because he was supposed to be done with the Gunslinger series, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a heroin addict suddenly being in a place where there is just no heroin. There's no heroin at all. It's easy for that heroin addict to go, that's it, I'm never doing drugs again. Because, you know, the alcohol, the caffeine, the... The nicotine, the, the pot, those aren't his thing. He's just a heroin addict. And that's the way I am with the Dark Tower series, the Gunslinger series. And then all of a sudden, Stephen King shows up with a big bag of skag. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Damn it. Well, let's listen to another two. Hey, why not? Let's listen to a little No Means No Live. Rags and Bones off of Live and Cuddly. Rags and Bones? Wasn't that a Stephen King book? Shut up. <laughs> Thank you. 
Once again, Rag and Bones from the Live and Cuddly compilation. So you want to talk a little bit? Of, you want to talk a little bit about this? No means no. That all the kids are chatting about. Pretty sure uh, Live and Cuddly is not a compilation. It's a live album. Is all it? of No Means No. So it's a compilation of songs, right? <laughs> it is a compilation. So it is a compilation of music by No Means No as performed live. Oh, yes. suck it! <laughs> Let's talk about the band a little. Let's. And not beat Nickel and Diamond Steve on his words. How about let's, that? Let's not discuss how Steve did on the SAT, okay? Let's just say the verbal portion, not pretty. <laughs> Actually, I have no idea. You probably did better than me. So, No Means No is a trio out of Canada. And I first discovered this band really by, by hearing it on college radio, and I didn't give it a very close listen. I liked the song Dad because it was really dark, funny. And it rocked. But I went, traveled down to the San Francisco Bay Area to see a punk show one evening. And I was there to see a band called Coffin Break. Yeah, from Seattle. Yeah, right. Really, really cool band, Coffin Break. And they weren't the headliner. I think they were the, the, I think No Means No was. In fact, I know they weren't the headliner. No Means No was. But I went down to see them. And at the end of their set, the singer grabbed the mic and he goes, Hey, stick around. You're about to see the tightest band in the world. No means no. I just thought that was a kind of an odd thing to say. A tightest band in the world? What? And these guys come out on the stage, and they really were the tightest band in the world. And at this point, this is a time in my life when I'm actually seeing Metallica back before they started dressing like male prostitutes. <laughs> I, I'm seeing Rush. I'm seeing some, some bands that have some chops and are pretty tight. And No Means No was like, they were like a hive mind up there. Really, the powerhouse of the band is the rhythm section, and it is two brothers. It's Rob Wright on the bass and John Wright on the drums. And these guys have been playing together for probably conception, I don't know, forever. <laughs> so when you see them, they are, they are of one mind. There's a great picture of the band. It's just those two guys and a sack of potatoes. Or the third member. That should show you how important the rhythm section is in this band. They started in 82, tooling around, but really they started making music in a form that you'd recognize as No Means No shortly after that in 83, 84. And they made their first real No Means No release called uh, Sex Mad in 1986. And they were on Alternative Tentacles Records. So if you were listening to the Dead Kennedys, if you're listening to DOA, and you've got that paper catalog stuck in there with the vinyl, you'd see No Means No in that catalog. Then in, what, 1983, they added Andy Kerr, who took up the guitar, and, and everybody in the band does some vocals. Andy Kerr liked anonymity, and so he used names like Buttercup or None of Your Fucking Business instead of his <laughs> real name, which was pretty awesome. Rob Wright is the the man's main lyricist, main songwriter, but all the members say that they all contribute to all the songs, and that's that's the way they're going to keep it. Mm -hmm. They continued in 1988 with the next, what I listen to a lot, punk rock album, Small Parts, Isolated and Destroyed. 89, they came out with a, an album called Wrong, which many people consider their seminal work, if you will. I don't know about that myself. Uh, they continued on in 91 with The Sky is Falling and I Want My Mommy with Jello Biafra. Oh, so nice. you got that tight, tight rhythm section with Jello Biafra winding over the top of it. And then uh, in 91, they also put out 0 plus 2 equals 1. Uh, 93, 94, they came out with a couple more albums. Why Do They Call Me Mr. Happy and Mr. Right and Mr. Wrong. One down, two to go. 
But I think that's about the time that they, they switched out the lineup. Andy Kerr stopped being with the band then. And for a while, for that little period, it was just Rob Wright and John Wright. That's why they had Jello B. After do the vocals. Oh, okay. 94, they picked up a new guy, Tom Holliston. And they continued on from there with uh, 1995's release, The Worldhood of the World as Such. <laughs> great got some title. great titles, yeah. Yeah, great album. But at this point, they'd always been a, a band that wasn't afraid to go slow, but they started doing songs that were a little bit uh, slower at times and a little bit, um, I don't know, more intricate, if you will. They've been called jazz core. They've been called math rock. They're, they're not your typical punk rock band, as you can easily tell by listening to the songs you've heard already. 98, they came out with the Headless Bourgeois. And then in 2000, they came out with a really weird, wild album called One. It was long songs, much slower, much more intricate than the other albums. And it had a couple of covers in it, which were were kind of wild. The first was a slowed down, almost Fu Manchu version of the Ramones' Beat on the Brat, <laughs> which just sounds like an anthem for child abuse. <laughs> and they also did a 15-minute uh, long cover of Miles Davis's Bitches Brew. Interesting. Okay. So not your typical punk rock fair. Like I said, they were on Alternative Tentacles up until, what, 2002, I think. And ever since then, they've been reissuing old albums through Southern Records and under their own uh, label, Wrong Records. They, they've had a bunch of EPs as well. Betrayal, Fear, Anger, Hatred, You Kill Me, The Day Everything Became Nothing. They're on a bunch of different compilations as all punk rock bands from the 80s are. I won't even bother to list them. The one that's really worthwhile checking out, though, is the Virus 100, because that's the one that they do the acapella version of the Dead Kennedy song, Forward to Death, which makes me laugh every time I hear it. That's a great album anyway, Virus 100. I've got that. Yeah, a lot of really cool songs. By a lot of by really cool bands. bands, yeah. And now... No means no. I think most of their energies are directed into a different band called the Hanson Brothers, which really tickles me because these guys are Canadians. It's a quartet instead of a trio. What they've got John singing and Mike Branham from the Freak Accident is playing drums. The Hanson Brothers are, are still obviously in it, but it's it's much more of a, a punk rock Ramon style band. But the Hanson Brothers is a reference to the movie did, uh, Slapshot. Did Slapshot, you ever see that yeah, movie? Absolutely. Okay, so the Hanson Brothers were the it's kind of weird big guys that turn the team around. They put aluminum foil over their knuckles. Yeah, they're crazy <laughs> goony guys, yeah. Yeah, so they tour under that guise. Do they play on stage in, like, hockey gear? I honestly don't know. I, I know very little about the Hanson brothers. I was confused for a while, not even understanding what the fuck the Hanson brothers were, if they were, like, sponsored by No Means No, or if these guys were No Means No secret image, or... Or what the hell was going on? But you yeah. said their, their, their real name's the Wright Brothers, right? Their real name is the Wright Brothers. Although Rob Wright has an alter ego that he goes by Mr. Wrong. Ah, that's the opposite of Wright. Got it. Right. He dresses up like a priest and carries a shotgun when he's doing his, his <laughs> Mr. Wrong thing. And all these guys have been in a, a bunch of different uh, bands. They're not afraid to branch off and try something new. Cool. So the Hanson Brothers are still uh, ongoing concern? The Hanson Brothers are touring right now. They are a, a going, growing concern. And after this podcast is over, I'm going to go probably buy one of their albums because I want to see what these guys are, are up to for reals. Cool. And that's it. That's No Means No. Well, I appreciate the introduction, and I, I hope the fans are enjoying it as well. I think they should be. Uh, the next song we're going to listen to is off of the wonderfully titled album, The Worldhood of the World as Such. It's called I've Got a Gun. Oh, 
Once again, that was No Means No. Where can we find their stuff, Gord? Their official website is nomeanswhatever.com. <laughs> nice. Find it there. From there, it will link you to everything you need. So how about a little multimedia triage? Multimedia triage. Let's do it. What have you been digging on? Well, you know, so Game of Thrones came on HBO, so I had to get HBO again. Yeah. And apparently there are things on HBO besides Game of Thrones. I wasn't aware of this. <laughs> and I started watching, I started checking out some of their new critically acclaimed series. The first thing I watched was something called Girls, because I thought it was supposed to be really, really funny and maybe have some, like, naked girls in it. It's not. It's really not funny. It's dark. It's depressing. It's kind of creepy. And you don't want to see those girls naked anyway. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. You do not want to watch <laughs> girls. It is not a comedy. Holy crap. <laughs> well, I watched about- the first episode and I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Maybe I'll give it a second chance. I'll watch the second episode and the girl's getting fingered in the bathroom when she's supposed to be getting an abortion. And the guy goes, whoa, where are my fingers all bloody? That's not comedy. That's oh. disgusting. Don't watch this show. I hope I have sufficiently <laughs> warned you that under no circumstances, even if you are attacked by wild animals, do not watch this show. God damn. <laughs> that may be my favorite review of the week. <laughs> you're, you're leading off strong, my friend. Oh, I thank you. Uh, hold on. I need a moment to collect myself Okay. okay, the next thing I watched on HBO, which was supposed to be the big all happy series, was something called Veep. <laughs> That's the new Julia Louis-Dreyfus vehicle. Yes, it is. And I was not all that excited about it. I thought I'd give it a try. It turns out that that's actually a very funny show. Uh, it's about the vice president, the politics involved. Everybody is in it for themselves. They don't give a shit about the issues. It's all just spin and backstabbing and my brief political experience it just rings very very true it's very funny and the people in that show swear constantly and (laughs) well i was going to comment on that we had like turned it on for five minutes and it immediately started a mad scramble for the remote control because the swearing was so loud and colorful that i was sure the kids could hear it at the other end of the house and we were like trying to get it turned off before their poor ears were scorched. Well, if your daughter comes to the breakfast table and calls you a gold-plated shit gibbon, then you'll know, <laughs> I'll know where she, she heard it from. Veep. <laughs> yeah, watch that show. It's funny. I, I like it. Are you? Have you caught up with Eastbound and Down yet? No, not at all. That's a pretty funny show. It's, it's that kind of uncomfortable humor. Like Larry Sanders or Curb Your Enthusiasm, where you you find yourself just cringing with the yeah. shit this guy says. The lead actor on that show, Danny McBride, who plays Kenny. Oh, wait, you mean Danny McBride? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Ass. <laughs> who plays Kenny Powers is fucking hilarious. And the, just the, the obnoxious shit he says is really funny. So it's definitely a show that's worth checking out. Right on. Uh, You know, I watched a a movie that was not part of our film festival, and 
mainly because it was supposed to be comedy and it had Lucy Punch in it, and uh, I just really like her. And it has Roxon from the League. I'm sure Who's, the actor has a name. But. Who is Lucy Punch? Lucy Punch was the psycho ex-girlfriend in Dinner for Schmucks. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. So she's only been in a couple movies. She was also the really, really uh, all happiness and light clueless teacher in Bad Teacher. She was like one of two people in that movie that did a good job. Oh, I haven't seen that movie yet. That movie is not worth seeing. (laughs) It's not as bad as Girls. By any stretch of the imagination. Nick Kroll is the actor who, who plays Ruxin on the Okay, so it's got Nick Kroll, and it's got Lucy Punch. The movie is a good old-fashioned orgy. I think it went direct-to-video. If it was in the theaters, it was probably there for minutes. But it was actually funny. It was about a, a group of 30-something people that they always have all these great parties at the one guy's dad's house, and the dad decides to sell the house. So they're going to have a last blowout, and they decide it's going to be an orgy. And I was really scared that it was going to turn into some, like, soul-searching expose of relationships between middle age. No, it stays comedy the whole time. (laughs) Nice. It's fun. It's not for the kids. Sadly, Lucy Punch does not get naked. (laughs) Is this uh, streaming on Netflix? No, you you have to actually get the disc from Netflix. Oh, okay. But I still get those from time to time. Good and Good Old Fashioned Orgy was, was worth it. It was a funny movie. Good. And finally, I've been listening to some music. I got Orgoni. I still don't know how to pronounce the name of this band. Orgone? Orgoni? O-R-G-O-N-E. And this is their Killian Floor release. Their first album that I got was much more Afropop. This one is much more funk. Like, like kind of 70s, I need to have a big mustache funk great horns are going on great rhythms are going on you will definitely shake your ass when you listen to this great keyboards it's just i would love it if we could actually make contact with this band and put their music on the show because orgoni or orgone or however you say their goddamn name they're a cool band and you should listen to them well i too actually you know it was kind of weird you would think the opposite would have happened but as a result of the film festival I actually kind of got energized to watch movies that I didn't have anything to do with. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, right afterwards, Julie and I went out and saw Cabin in the Woods, the new Joss Whedon film. And you know what? What? Loved it. I'm not going to say a fucking word about it because I went into it absolutely blind and thoroughly enjoyed it. So I I don't want to spoil. I don't want to give anybody any ideas. Just go see this, particularly if you're a horror fan. If you are a horror fan, you want to go see this film right away before somebody spoils it for you. All right. There you go. Uh, what else? Uh, took my son to see Lockout, the uh, escape oh, the from New escape York, from New York in, in space. space. You know, actually, other than the the kind of setup, it, do, it isn't really escape from New York. I mean, it sort of has that going on, but it's a different story. And it's, you know, if you enjoy big effects heavy action adventures it was definitely fun guy pierce plays kind of this hard chiseled action guy and he's got a no it's not really the same it's a different character but he has a ton of great off-the-cuff lines that are really fun the whole story is about the president's daughter gets trapped in a prison in space and in pliskin like manner guy pierce is sent up the the character's name is snow is sent up to rescue her solo. Is he sent in a glider? He is not. Oh. He is dropped off in his spacesuit. So it's, it's it's got enough differences that once you're watching it, you aren't actually constantly thinking, wow, this is just like Escape from New York. Does the spacesuit but have it's undeniable. like Battlezone? No. But the, oh. the, the similarities of the premise are undeniable. Anyway, he finally gets to the president's daughter, and she's kind of being, well, well, who sent you? What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Did my father send any messages? And he just deadpans to her. Yeah, you're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bunch of great lines like that. And so it's a lot of fun. If you rent this and you're not expecting much, I think you're really going to enjoy it. Okay. Well, it's something you've recommended, so I'm not expecting much. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's uh, really about all I've been up to. Okay. Let's listen to another uh, No Means No song, huh? Let's do. Okay, this is from li- their live EP number two. This is Permambulate. Permambulate? Permambulate.
Filthy jokes? Filthy jokes. So there's this soldier, and he's given the job of hunting for buffalo. So to help him, he's hired an Apache. What the fuck kind of war are we fighting? I don't know. It's an olden times war. Shut the fuck up while I'm joking. (laughs) The the human versus buffalo war? So he hires this Apache guide, and the two of them set off on their journey to find these buffalo. After riding for some time, the Apache gets off his horse and puts his ear to the ground and says, Hmm, buffalo come. The soldier scans the area with his binoculars and sees nothing. Absolutely confused, he asks, I do not see anything. How do you know buffalo come? And the guide says, Because my ear is quite sticky. <laughs> it's a semen joke. You didn't know where I was going with that, did you? I had a feeling. I had an inkling. <laughs> was it- Usually when we're doing filthy jokes yes. and there's the word come in there, it's a double on semen tendre. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a, a semen entendre. It's our seminal work. It is our seminal work, such as it is. <laughs> I can't tell the joke you told me because the more I think about it, the more it makes no goddamn sense at all. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it, that's why it's funny. Because you're not expecting that punchline. That's The joke is the non sequitur. The joke no, is the not. Whole, like the setup is the non sequitur. What do you mean? Here, why I'm, there, I'm why there would be a case? The why there would be though. a case of gonorrhea? Going on in a convent? Why Why is there a case of gonorrhea going around in a convent? Well, clearly and why because was... a nun stepped out on her vows. That's not that odd of a concept. Yeah, but it's going around? Like it's being passed from nun to nun? It didn't say the case is going around the convent. It just said that they have a case in the convent, right? Well, you've got the joke. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I hope you recorded all of this. Here's my filthy deconstructed joke. There's this nunnery and the head nun of the nunnery calls all the nuns in for an announcement and the head nun this mother superior such as she is not the mother inferior because she doesn't get to say shit the mother superior says it's come to my attention that there's a case of gonorrhea going around and a little voice in the back goes hooray I was sick of the Zinfandel And when Steve told me this joke today, I'm like, okay, I'll use it. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it makes absolutely no sense at all. This is a senseless joke. Well, I hope you enjoy it. sense about it. What? I, Why I, would... I think you're overthinking about it. I, I read I, it. I, I chuckled. I moved it. on. Then you said, I don't have a joke. And so I said, well, here, take this. I don't even know. I don't understand. Maybe things are different in convents than I picture them. I've never actually... Been to a convention. <laughs> God, you're just overthinking it. That's all. That's okay. Okay. You got another joke? Or are you going to leave these poor people short shrifted? Am I short shrifted? Hey, that reminds me. Why does a penis have a hole in the end? Why does a penis have a hole in the end? <laughs> so men can be open minded. <laughs> That's like a guy's think with their dick kind of joke. Zing! <laughs> I just don't know. Wait, should we continue to do this really? segment? Tell us, listeners. Really? Should we continue to do this segment? Really? You are the funny one? Really? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> See, what happened is I had to do all the work with no means no, so I couldn't be funny. Ah, so that's what's Maybe been happening to in. me for 84 episodes. Right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, a little bit of thank yous. First off, we'd like to thank No Means No for the incredible music. Thank you, No Means No. Also, thank you to Doiner for calling into the show. Our usual, thank you, our usual bullshit. The show phone number is 425-296-6557. Or you can reach us via email to steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com every Sunday, including the Heavy Half Hour, which just released our 39th episode last week. Wow. You can find my weekly cartoon, unless I'm too busy to draw a silly picture, at MightyWombat.com once a week, every Thursday. You can follow me at Mighty underscore Wombat on Twitter. I also can be found on Twitter under the moniker Bonehand, or you can follow our Bone Bat feed for up-to-the-minute news. Additionally, we've got a Bone Bat page on Facebook, and you know what? what? It was pretty cool. A couple of days ago, I noticed we had 99 likes on the page. 
And yeah. I, I posted a note said, hey, uh, who's going to be number 100? And bam, like eight more people like the show. How nice. cool is that? Up to three digits. That's cool. Yeah, we got some nice love from the, the listeners. So thank you so much. We love that support. That's we awesome. love you. Aw. Aw. Oh, thank you, of course, for listening. And if you like what we do, please tell a friend. Spread the word. And our final tune tonight from No Means No is the aforementioned Forward to Death, an acapella cover of the Dead Kennedys song off the Virus 100 compilation. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Bag of bones. Bag of bones, that's it. Way to use that noggin of yours. Hey, thanks.